Hello everyone, welcome to an action-packed episode of ARG. I'm Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who thought today's system was some sort of political agenda action on behalf of a man named Ron. I give you the Brit. Not true. I thought this was going to be a computer I could eat. Oh. <laughs> what? What do you mean? It's an acorn. Oh. Yum yum. Have you... Those are good eating. Do you frequently go out to the trees, pick acorns, and then chow down? Or uh, acorns are no, no, I don't actually. That would explain the jowls, man. <laughs> so, well, thanks for joining us this week. We're off and running, Brent. Boy, we're right keeping off right there. So, you know, if you missed last week's show, we had a pretty good show last week. I thought, but we spun the wheel, Brent, as we often do. We made the deal, the exciting deal. And this week, my friend, we'll be taking on the ever popular, the Acorn Electron, Brent. Now. I believe, of what, I don't know how long ago it was, when we took on the BBC uh, Micro, uh, Acorn's other big machine. But uh, the Electron, a whole different kettle of fish in a lot of ways, and yet very similar. That, what did you know about the Electron? I'm guessing not much. Uh, well, no, actually I knew a small amount of this. I knew it was basically the, uh, the budget Micro, and... Um, that was about it. That's I'm, <laughs> I, Listen, uh, you, you right out of the gate knew more than I do. I mean, this is one of those machines, uh, uh, sort of like, the, much like the Archimedes, for example. It's a machine that I would see pop up in uh, a lot of uh, game, like, systems where other games were on, but I'd never really fooled with it that much. Really, I think this is the first week that I've sat down and messed with an Electron that I, right off the top of my head. Uh, uh, so, kind of an interesting experience for me having uh, messed with the BBC a little bit. We've never, of course, touched one of these things in real life, have we? I mean, this was the oh, system. Oh, no, that, no. You know, it's funny, when I, doing the research on this, uh, being, it's, this is one, another one of those wacky systems, Brent, that when you're in America, uh, uh, you, you don't know about these machines. And this was a machine that uh, ultimately was planned for a big American release at some point. <laughs> Really? Yeah, they had. Huh. Yeah, they had actually talked about, or they one of their part of their strategy was to bring this to the states, uh, which, which it didn't happen. Uh, needless to say, so let's talk a little bit. Just I want to just kind of go over the weird history of this machine, uh, because it is kind of strange. So uh, this machine uh, came out uh, in July of '83. Right now, that's not entirely correct. It, they had some. Well, this machine was a, one of the classic examples of a machine that rolled out late. Uh, it uh, was it was planned an earlier release, and when they did finally roll it out, uh, it was in very limited numbers. Uh, they could not uh, get these out in the numbers that they planned. Why? Well, uh, when when this thing launched, uh, it it had a high failure rate, a tremendously high failure Ooh. rate. And so, That's not good. well, I mean, we've seen this before, uh, where a, where a machine came out of the gate and it didn't, and it when it came out of the gate, it, it wasn't running well. I mean, the returns on this were off the charts. They even knew what the problem was, uh, but uh, you know what are you gonna do? So the first batch of these had a high return rate, and of course, it's the old story. You missed the Christmas deadline, you know, yada yada. And the funny thing is, once this thing got up and running, uh, they couldn't fill the orders. And so they made a crapload of these. And so by the time they had a crapload of these ready to sell, no one wanted one anymore. <laughs> so they had a huge 
warehouse full of these with no one to buy them. Uh, which never. Well, it's right in that time period where technology is going all over the map. Yeah, and so, so. this is another. The funny thing about the British computer scene, uh, if I may uh, wax for just a moment, is the fact that you had all these computers uh, that came out. Again, uh, the American scene is nothing like this. Uh, we only had, I mean, there were uh, we had our share of computers, but not like this, where it's like there were a bunch of different contenders. You know, you had your. Uh, uh, you had your uh, ZXs and your uh, Amstrad and your uh, Dragons, and you had all these different systems vying for uh, vying for uh, people's money. Of course, you also had the BBC Micro, and you sort of nailed this when you said that uh, uh, this was sort of like the budget version. I didn't know this about the about the BBC Micro, but there were actually two different versions of that, and there was like a Super Whammadine version, and there was sort of the budgeter version, and the budgeter version. Uh, actually didn't do as well. And so this was sort of t- take the place of that budgeter version of the BBC Micro. But by the time this got released, the competition had uh, had sort of, uh, you know, they were, it was already there. That, and they were in, sort of ingrained. And so ultimately, while this machine sold okay, you know, it did not make the splash they wanted. And, and unfortunately, uh, by the time they uh, really got the ball rolling, they had so many of these, and there was the demand had lessened to the extent where they had to cut the price. Uh, this was uh, one of those machines that they they wanted an under two hundred pound release mark on it, and and so and that's what they got. Actually, originally at the very beginning, uh, from what I read, it was just over two hundred pounds, and they eventually, but right, pretty much pretty quick, they got it under that two hundred pound mark. It was important because there was so much you know, competition. Uh, looking over the games for this thing, I mean. Uh, I played several games for it. I found a bunch of games. Uh, these games were pretty. A lot of these were readily available to play, like in your browser. Uh, I found loads of places to play them, uh, and they play well. Uh, Brendan, you had pretty much the same experience that you this week. That's how you did it too, right? Yeah. It, usually, uh, I try to stay away from the browser emulations yeah. just because I, I question how uh, accurate they are. But this one was it was so easy. Yeah. And um, you know, I was comparing it to real hardware videos, and I was like, "Well, this is, you know, this is looks dead on." Yeah. So that is how I did it. This yeah. Week. I, I actually I rigged this up and and uh, and messed around with it, and mess, but it was it was just as easy as to play the browser. Like I said, it's pretty much exactly the same. I was pretty impressed, uh, you know, graphically. Uh, I believe you know this thing was. Uh, um, would you say this would be on par with your? Uh, we just played the Amstrad a couple weeks ago, and uh, would you say this is on? I don't think this. I think this is probably a step down from the Amstrad, and somewhere in the in the area uh, in that gray area between the Amstrad, the ZX Spectrum, and that, and the, maybe a step up from say the Dragon. Where would you put this in that? No, I, I would say this is this is directly on par with the Amstrad. Really? Yeah, uh, it is. It is certainly above uh, the Spectrum. Wow. Um, Again, please address your complaints to Brent if you don't agree well, with I'm, that. <laughs> I mean, not not in quality, yeah. just in capability. Uh, yeah, the, you know, the the uh, uh, the machine for the price, I think you were getting a pretty good deal. Now, of course, the, I the agree. BBC, yeah. the, the BBC Micro, the B, which is the the expensive one, you know, you would be paid. I think that was going to going to be around a, a hundred hundred pounds more, hundred fifty pounds more. So, I mean, you're, but I mean, it is a cut down version. It's tough to buy a cut-down version of anything. That's my problem. I always hate doing that. You know, when you're getting something that's cut down, it's like, well, here we go. Well, it, it's 
it's just like anything else. If the support is there, then you're not losing much. Yeah, yeah. But if your support's there, that means they aren't focusing on the more powerful mm. stuff. They're making stuff for the lowest common denominator. Oh, there you go. And then the upper system is the bad choice. One thing about this so. is you actually got... Uh, towards the end there, you would get some games that would that would run on this, the Electron and the uh, BBC Micro. They would sort of like uh, give you like an enhanced version on the Micro and then you sort of like the normal version on the, on the Electron. So that's sort of a good way to go. But I would agree. Now, technically, uh, uh, technically, mind you, this should have uh, eclipsed the spectrum and, and capabilities. Uh, but, you, you know, your mileage may vary. Hey, listen. The Spectrum is a is, is a machine that that uh, exceeds its technical abilities, and it's sort of it reminds me of the Atari twenty six hundred of of uh, of of home yeah, computers, where they just took they had something and they just went bananas with it, and they actually you know made it better. So I, I give yeah, them someone when when you knew what you were doing, you could really make the Spectrum. Sing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with you on that. Now. Uh, uh, I, and again, we both like I said, we really didn't have a whole lot of uh, experience on this thing. I, I I'll tell you, there are a lot of good documentaries out there if you're interested in getting the full story on the Electron. I mean, uh, there's also a great there's a great film out there. Uh, I'm trying to get the name of it. It's where it, it's all about the whole because the guys from Acorn that started Acorn came from uh, the Spectrum background. They came from you know from that from uh, uh, Sinclair, and so uh, uh, Microman, I believe it was called. Great film, uh, and, and it gives you that sort of backstory as to what happened. Because there was direct competition, you know, uh, with uh, Sir oh, Clive. And uh, it, they do a good job dramatizing. I always recommend that flick. Great flick. So, with all that out of the way, uh, we were tasked with picking a couple uh, game arenas for this thing. Now, I'll go ahead and curtain jerk this week, Brent. Uh, because, <laughs> yeah. You are a jerk. Stop. Don't take off. So, I, I will say... I, I look through, you know, what I usually do when it's time to pick a game, I'll do one of two things. I'll skim the library to see if I can see anything that has just a, a, an awesome name. That's usually the way, that's, really, that's normally the way I do it. And then sometimes I'll watch like one of these people that put like a, a, a video up of games. In fact, I want the thing we were just showing uh, from, from a fellow. Uh, I, I'll watch stuff like that, that where they put a bunch of games together. And I looked through it, and the 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 uh, Acorn had a bunch of interesting games. I mean, I, I saw several that looked good to me, but weirdly, at the end, I ended up uh, choosing a game called Boffin now, or Boffin Two, if you will. And I'll get into get into that a little bit. Uh, you could really sort of interchangeably call it both. Both. So, what is Boffin? Well. Boffin's a kind of a nutty platform game uh, released by an outfit uh, called Addictive Games. They were the publishers of this one. And it was developed by a guy named uh, Paul Julian O'Malley. All right. So this guy uh, from, uh, it says here, from Romsey, Hampshire, UK. So if anybody knows where Romsey's at, I've never heard of that place. Uh, now, this is one of those games we were talking about a minute ago where when it was released, it actually would work on the Electron and the BBC Micro. Uh, and that's why you're getting the Boffin 2 uh, moniker on this, because technically, Boffin the, is the sort of the, uh, I guess, the sort of the version you would play on the on the uh, BBC Micro, and, and Boffin 2 is sort of the version you would play on the Electron, although really, 
They're they're effectively the same games, except the uh, the BBC micro version has more levels than the than the uh, than the uh, mm. than the other one does. So I guess technically it's a double review, Brent. <laughs> in a lot of ways, doing two things at once. So this what is this wacky game? Well, it's wacky. You play uh, Boffin, who is this umbrella uh, guy. He's a guy that carries an umbrella around, and he goes through these levels and tries to pick stuff up And as he, as he goes. Pretty simple stuff. But at the end, you, there are various ways that the level ends, but usually you're, you have to go over and touch a big owl. <laughs> you got me. Um, <clears throat> Makes complete sense. When I first saw this game, and I, I wanted to get your opinion of this, Brent. When you first loaded this up, what was the uh-huh. what was the very first thing that struck you, or what was your first thought? I want to see if it was exactly what mine was when I loaded it up. That's a whole lot of blue and pink. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I mean that's sort of it, this was very very uh, classic PC uh, CGA graphics style yeah. coloring. That's what it reminded me of. It looked just it looked just like uh, uh, the old. This could have been a, a CGA game if you would have showed me this and said, "Listen." Here's your PC CGA game. I would have bought it. The only yeah. thing that tips you off that it's not is some of the uh, some of the graphics in this, which are actually uh, pretty solid. Uh, which in terms of the enemies, which we'll get to that in a second, because Boffin himself is not necessarily uh, the most uh, attractive man. So, what is your goal in this? Well, your goal is to go through these levels. It's a, it's a single screen game. You go to the levels and try to collect all the little collectibles that you can find. Uh, of course, it's not that easy because Boffin is very limited in his abilities. And I mean very limited. And what I mean by it, it's like it's almost like if I had a game where I played myself. Boffin, if, if <laughs> Boffin falls more than like a foot, he's dead. <laughs> if, if Boffin touches the enemy, he's dead. If Boffin whacks his head, he's dead. So this is this is like a real life simulator. What what happened if you put me in this position? Now, Boffin is not without his uh, goody, and his goody in this, which is very clever, is they've given Boffin an umbrella. Now you probably you think to yourself, well, who cares? Well, Boffin can use the umbrella to slow his descent so he doesn't break both his legs. I guess basically when he falls, so you know, a, a la Mary Poppins. Now. Can you hit stuff with the umbrella? No, but you can collect stuff with it. If you extend the umbrella, it goes up above Boffin's head, and you can actually grab stuff with the umbrella. Uh, you know, if, you, if it's stuff that you can't reach. Uh, and so this game, and I, I noticed this on both the games, they've uh, they've got a unique. You know, the the micro didn't have a joystick port in it, or the uh, the electron. And now they. They offered some pretty wacky expansions to this thing. It, they were actually quite interesting, Brent, because they these expansion boards. You could actually expand this thing to be pretty much the same as like a BBC Micro, and the expansions would slide into a port on the back, and they wrapped around the side. Real, I mean, they looked pretty good. They made it just look like a bigger machine. And I, I read that you could actually they actually had one of these that had like joystick ports. Most of the time, it was like extra memory or whatever. Uh, but uh, uh, so I guess conceivably you could have added a joystick, but uh, as far as I can tell, this game didn't have any joystick support. Uh, you played everything with the keyboard, and the keyboard is a, a different type of keyboard than than uh, we would have. So they've you know when we I played this on the emulator, that you had to sort of learn. Uh, they had to uh, arrange the keys in a different way. But this game, the controls were left, right, jump, and open and close the umbrella. Because one thing about the umbrella is 
Uh, when you've got it open, you can't jump. You can jump, then quickly open it, but you can't jump while you've got it open. And so that's a sort of a gameplay element that, that, you, that is involved in this thing. Um, once you get past the first level, which is sort of the introductory, show you how to you know, use the umbrella, they introduce an interesting element to the game, which are trampolines. I gotta say, uh, Brent, that I thought the trampoline stuff, which you, which kind of appears sprinkled throughout that game, really the uh, physics and stuff, I thought they were pretty good. You know, I thought they did a good job on that. Again, something that CJ, sure. I don't think would have pulled this, at least the old PCs. I don't remember playing games where you had that sort of. Uh, they, they got the feeling of jumping up and down correctly on these, so they had an interesting element. Plus, Boffman can jump off stuff and without his umbrella and hit the trampoline, and he's okay. So the trampoline's fun, and as you jump on it, you'll build momentum uh, to uh, get up to the next level. And you can also sort of control yourself. Boffin doesn't have, like, uh, uh, he's not Pitfall Harry or something. He can't just go c- jump in midair and go back and forth. But he can, just like a proper human, he can sort of, like, jump to the left or the right after he gets bouncing, so that helps a lot. Uh, you've got some pretty crazy uh, bad guys in this game, too. Uh, you... Early on, you run across basically, I guess, what you call a sea urchin or something. It's a, it's a, or a puffer fish or something. It's got spikes all over it. You can jump on him. But the star of this game, and it was the star of all the reviews I read on this game, is a large like tarantula that haunts several levels. And if you get near it, he just comes at you. And all you can do is run from this thing. Umbrella ain't going to do jack squat against this old boy. Uh, and right. if he gets you, you're done. He looks great. I mean, he is a real well-drawn character. and Yeah, he's well-drawn and, and well-animated. Yeah, and when I read through, uh, yeah, his animation is really good. He looks like, a, like a, 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 a spider coming at you. When I read through the reviews of, the, of this game, he came up a lot. Like, this was like the, the, he was the crown jewel of this game, just the way he looked. He's really cool looking. There's also, like I said, there's that sea urchin, there's Al. I only got to about level... I think I ended up getting to level 6 on this. Uh, before. You didn't get to level 6. You got to level 5. No, I think I got to level 6, man. You didn't get to level 6. You got to level 5. Why? You got to the first green background. I did, yes. So, that okay, yeah. level... So, that's where you tapped out as well, huh? You couldn't get past Yeah, that? because I could not figure out... This game has puzzle elements. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. It, it, it does take skill to... Uh, navigate, you know, what you're supposed to do, your jumps and whatnot. But there are also puzzle elements of what you have to collect with your person versus what you have to collect with your umbrella. And then uh, how you're supposed to fall and where you're supposed to jump, which is fun. It was very fun to figure out. I had a blast with this game. Um, A few things to note, uh, compliments of, of chat. Uh, O'Malley, when he wrote this, was only 17 years old. The classic bedroom programmer strikes again. <laughs> and also, uh, Boffin apparently is a UK slang for someone who does science or technical yeah. work. I, actually, I meant to mention that. I looked that up because that's something else I couldn't figure out. It's like, what's up? What is up with this name? Well, it's it's sort of a it's sort of a uh, like you said a slang nickname for a scientist. Now. So, the reason why I knew you got to level 5 yeah. was level 5 was the first level that I could not get past because I could not figure out the the trick. And um, the, the unfortunate thing with Boffin is there is no continuing. Yeah. 
so you have to kind of traverse back through the level. Are you talking every about what's a, well, you die. can't see the video now, but you're talking about the part where you descend with the umbrella over top of the puffer fish, right? That's yeah, right. Yeah, that is that's exactly where I. T- <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's funny because I'll, I'll try to get some walkthrough action on this, and there are people that have done like complete walkthroughs of the of of the uh, uh, BBC micro version, but I could I, you know yeah, there wasn't one. The farthest the guys got, which is the video I'm used to here. It was on was the exact same level. It's where he got killed as well. Is so yeah. There's but the, I like it. You know this reminded me. We if you'll recall back when we played Manic Miner and stuff, this is like a playable, winnable. You don't feel completely screwed version of a game like that where you actually you're. It's different levels, but it, it seems it, it's not desperately brutally uh, twitchy type game. Like you have to put some thought into this one. You know, but it's but you've got time. I mean, there's a timer, but it's not like you're screwed. You know, what I'm saying you've got you've actually got time. Now the instructions in this uh, mention some stuff that I didn't even get to see. Uh, of course, you've got it's it calls those guys giant puffer blimps, trampolines, huge tarantulas, manta bats, and we didn't see those. We didn't see the electrified fencing, and we also didn't we also didn't see the other. 20 caves it's got because this came with 25 caves Brent. so you've got quite a quite a lot of uh, uh of action there uh the game also in the instructions mentions that uh professor boffin has to pass through a series of caves uh destroying all the unlucky horseshoes in each cavern and then touching the resident owl guardian of each cave so that's what <laughs> that is the loosest plot in history you're going after the unlucky horseshoes which I was wondering sure. what the things were. Yeah, oh yeah, no problem. Don't you know anything about science? No, I don't. I don't. I guess not. So, again, this, also something you mentioned. This is only a 10-pound t- game. Pretty cheap, I think, for a game that gives you this much action. I, I was actually pretty pleased with this one, Brent. I had a lot of fun with it. It was infuriating to get stuck uh, where I did. and, I, and I'd spend it, But it, it took me a good while just to get there. Because this is, uh, this is a game where it's not like, say, a Manic Miner. It's a little bit like that, I guess, but it's uh, uh, you you have to spend some time with each level and try it. But once you figure out the level, you pretty much can get through it every time, wouldn't you say? I mean, it's not one you're going to screw up. Um, yeah, once you figure out the trick, uh, the actual execution is not terribly difficult. However, uh, Boffin does have a few shortcomings. Um, <clears throat> his his damage, how he has dealt damage, and how you end up dying is somewhat inconsistent. And what I mean by that is if you are using platforms like trampolines and whatnot to gain height, your fall distance is way, way higher than if you are just on your way walking or falling. Um, Also, you can't normally hit your head on the top of a cave because it will kill you. But if you're on a trampoline, you can. Uh, Inconsistencies like that, are kind of annoying. Um, there were sections that I avoided doing the right answer because I thought it would kill me because the game taught me it would kill me earlier in the stage. Uh, you can work past that. The other thing that's kind of uh, unfortunate about Boffin is the jump mechanics, just when you're walking and jumping, is really small. Uh, you can only go up the equivalent of one third of your character with a with a normal jump, and a lot of times if you hit a platform 
uh, during the arch of your jump, it will just stop your momentum dead. If you can get past that, if you can accept that's how the game is programmed, uh, you'll have a lot of fun with this game. This is certainly something that I would absolutely look to emulate. Yeah, uh, it's different, it it's is, unique. It, it, it is good fun. Uh, the platforming, like I said, it's a puzzle platformer, but it's it's very approachable. You could also play this as a high score game because every time you complete a level, you get your remaining time in points, and there are ways to refill, get extra time, which means extra points. So if you do some extra, the little extra tricks, you can get extra points. Uh, I just I had a blast with this. This is something uh, I'm going to go back to. And I'm probably, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to play some more Boff, and I enjoyed it that much. Yeah, well, it's it's a chill game. That, that it's, like I say, it's, it's, a, it's a chill game. It's a perfect game for a system like this where you've got... And one thing it does is it plays fair. You know, and I like a game that plays fair. It's got good, it's got good control once you learn them. I mean, eventually, opening and closing the umbrella, it, it will come second nature, you know, because yeah. you, ha- you have to learn it. Uh, and you know, and you also have to learn how to open it when you as you fall. You know, there's stuff like that, uh, and or jumping in certain areas. It's it's not the easiest game, but it's not the hardest game either. Like I said I would definitely if, if you put this in the same uh, category as like a Matic Mine or something like that. This is nowhere near that difficult. At least the levels also, we played. I like Boffin as a character. I mean, he's just a he's a. Uh, 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 a tubby little scientist dude yeah. with an umbrella that doesn't have any like remarkable features. Yeah, he he he's a he's a little uh, Hitlerish. I don't know if Hit- that's supposed to be a mushroom. What? Uh, uh, what? I don't know if that's supposed to be a mustache under his nose or not. But he's got a big old nose with uh, a little bit of black under it. But uh, I, I I think he's endearing. I really do. There's a picture of him on, like, the, on the on the tape case. He looks more like a Colonel no, no, Sanders. No, 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 forget that. Right, he doesn't look like that, that in the game. Yeah. No, he 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 looks like a just a a tubby little dude with an umbrella. He's very pink uh, as well. <laughs> well <laughs> so, but everything's pink. pink. I agree with you, man. I, I like to, I think this is a, I think this is a winner uh, of a game. I, I really I really enjoyed it. Um, yep, I agree. We had a uh, a couple uh, people review this thing, uh, uh, which I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, let's start off with uh, Frodo NL, who I believe is in Chad. In fact, I think both these gentlemen are in Chad. Hi, fellas. Uh, Frodo writes, uh, From the 80s, I have two strong memories of this game. Interesting use of an umbrella, ext- extreme precision jumps. Given the limited memory of the Electron, this version uses a lower resolution than the other, which usually known as Boffin. This does not distract from the game, though. The use of the umbrella to control falls made... This is a rather difficult platformer than anything seen before. It's still fun to play, although precision uh, needed for the jumps does get irritating at times. 8 out of 10. Uh, our other buddy, uh, Mitsuyama, chimed in. Uh, you are faced with a platformer with a dodgy jump mechanic. Then you know you are in for a tough time. The graphics are okay, but co- uh, constant beeping every time that Boffin takes a step. I, that is true. Boffin... Uh, much like uh, in the same vein as Minor 2049, or he makes a noise. Uh, every time Bob takes a step, uh, quickly becomes annoying. I like the umbrella mechanic to collect uh, hard-to-reach items and slow your fall, but I found deploying the umbrella in midair a bit hit and miss. This may have been an emulation issue. Later levels may introduce more interesting elements, but I got to level 3 and wasn't inclined to go further. 4 out of 10. 
I, I think further levels do in, uh, include some much more interesting elements. And I actually thought the uh, thought the uh, the uh, deployment of the umbrella actually I didn't have any trouble with that. Brent, did you have any issues with that? Did you think it was dodgy at all when you were deploying it? Um, no, not really. But I will agree one thing that he said: the sound on this is is, is bad. Yeah, it's. And I think that's actually more of an acorn thing because the the P, all the software I looked at, which was four or five titles, uh, none of the sound was good. It was all beeps and boops. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's uh, uh, but that was the that was the way it went back in the day, didn't it, Brent? So that's true. Boffin, an interesting title that I I enjoyed. I'd say, of course, you know, I'm an eight bit like slow platform guy. I like this. I like this. Is the game was right up my alley. So that much said. Let's move on to Brent's selection this week. Now, Brent, you picked a uh, an interesting game. What do you have for us? I took a look at a uh, Acorn slash BBC Micro exclusive, Palace of Magic. And uh, if anyone knows the game Citadel, a very famous game, uh, this is unapologetically a re telling of the idea of citadel uh so similar that they're bad the evil wizard in palace of magic is an anagram of citadel so palace of magic you play as uh, an unfortunate man who has been uh whisked to a palace of magic when you anger the evil wizard cad caldelli I don't think I'm pronouncing that right, but it's an anagram of Citadel. And uh, he says, you know, not only am I sending you to this faraway palace, but I'm also going to shrink you to dwarf size. The word. And so he does that, and you hear rumors in this crazy new land that you end up that there's a teleporter and a way to get home, but no one's ever figured out how to use it. So your object of the game is to unlock the secrets of the Palace of Magic and find a teleporter and get back home. This plays out as you go single screen to single screen uh, for over 100 screens, I might add, Aaron. Tremendous amount of of real estate in this one. And each room uh, has enemies or a puzzle you have to figure out or, uh, you know, different platform elements like poles to go up and down, or uh, jumps you have to cross. Also along the way, you have to pick up items to further your progress. Sometimes it's keys to unlock doors. Sometimes it's uh, collecting an item that someone wants, a guard wants, and after you give it to him, he'll let you pass. And while the doors are very uh, obvious, because they're all color-coded, uh, some of the other elements are not so easy. Uh, you know, some guard wants a, a, a statue. Uh, there's a priest that wants a cross, that sort of stuff. And not only that, but sometimes you have to take items to specific places to allow them to change into another item. Uh, the one that comes immediately to mind is there's a bowl that you get that's empty when you start. So you have to take it up to a dripping bit of water, and then the bowl becomes a filled bowl 
And then that is actually what you use to complete the task to do the turn-in. Uh, other elements of it is kind of uh, Castlevania slash Metroid-like, where you have to have equipment on you to be able to complete the task. Uh, for example, there are shoes that will allow you to jump larger distances, um, and there are is a candle that, when it's in your inventory, allows you to light your way. In, in the dark dungeon areas, where otherwise you would just be pitch black, unnavigate, unnavigatable. Uh, so the game is pretty deep. I mean, it's incredibly deep for that kind of stuff. And it is a good example of a, pu- a puzzle platformer. More so than your game, more so than Boffin. Because this actually has puzzle elements, like... You have to get the figure out how to get this item to this person or this situation, and I had a lot of fun with it until I got stuck. And once I got stuck and I wasn't sure um, how to get the items because you can only carry two items at a time. And when I got stuck and I couldn't figure out what item needed to go where, I started getting frustrating. The scenes themselves individually are not that hard. Uh, you know, each screen is pretty fair and pretty easy to navigate as long as you take your time. Now, some of them do have cheap hits, and you do have a health meter in this game. Um, and there are a fair amount of health pickups uh, as well. But when you get frustrated and you don't know where you're going, and you're trying to navigate a hundred screens to take one item that you're not sure where it's supposed to go, and you're trying to, just trying to take it to different places, uh, that can get kind of frustrating. But then again, that's also the challenge of the game. Um, I did not put as much time into this as I probably should have, because like I said, once I got frustrated, uh, I started trying to find walkthroughs because I wanted to see more of the game. And... I wish I had a little more time to play this because I know it's a good game. Everywhere you read reviews of this, this is the first game someone bait. You know, this is the first thing, this is the first game that someone spent the time to map out and complete the entire game. Uh, You hear that over and over and over. So you know that this is a lot of childhood favorites. However... For me, for the short amount of time I had to play it, I actually preferred Boffin over this. Aaron, what is your what was your opinion on it? <clears throat> well, you know, much like you said, this game cropped up a lot uh, when I was looking stuff over, and I actually almost picked this because uh, it looked like something I could get into, uh, and I could absolutely see why someone would this would be their cup of tea. It was not my cup of tea. I also uh, preferred Boffin, but I, I, if for any reason because of the simplicity of it, the, this game is, uh, I got lost, I didn't know what the heck I was doing, I didn't know, I mean, it was just, I couldn't, uh, uh, the control, this game screams to have a joystick controller, uh, it, I didn't like controlling this with the, with the keyboard at all, uh, I thought that was, it made it difficult for me, so that didn't help. It's another one of these games where just it's it's rooms where random crap flies around, 
You know, it, uh, and you have to avoid it. Like you said, a lot of times the rooms aren't necessarily tough to navigate. It wasn't necessarily, I, again, I, I would have liked to have had better control, but I mean, that's what you got to do. That's just the way it was. Uh, but uh, the uh, the truth of the matter is, when it came to the little puzzles and stuff, I didn't know what I know what I was doing. I had to go uh, watch walkthroughs to get anywhere in this game, uh, and uh, I don't know. It just to me, this was not what I would call a a game that stood out. I mean, we if you've played a lot of these systems, this was just another one of these games where you go room to room. I mean, again, well, I. Uh, uh, I don't know what I would compare this to. This really isn't. This isn't anything like a manic miner or something. It's, uh, it's an adventure game. You know, you avoid stuff. Like you said, I mean, everything you said, I pretty much identify with. The uh, the the actual game. I mean, there are some screens where it's like mega hard, and and particularly ones where the vines go up and down. I had trouble with those getting to traversing like gaps and fire and 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 uh, there's a ton of those. You know what I'm talking about? Where the little the ropes move up yeah. and down. Uh, and there's a yeah. trick to it. And the funny thing is, when when you actually get across, it doesn't look like there's any way you actually could have gotten across doing it the way that, that you're supposed to do it. I, I found that goofy. Uh, I thought the graphics on this were pretty good. I mean, the sound, again, nothing to write home of. The opening screen on this is outstanding. When you the very first screen yeah. that comes up, it looks great. Uh, I read a lot of people that really like this game, and a lot of people uh, uh, who hadn't seen it before and played it for the first time. I saw, you know, if you look at some of the comments and some of the videos, I mean, they were like, "Man, this 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 is going to be a, a big deal." And it may be. And also, if you have the if you have the time and patience to spend on it, but man, when it comes to a game where you can get lost, I'm the lostiest on games like this. And I, I said, I, just, I didn't get it. I tried to get into it, you know, and I play, I used my little playthroughs, but it, it ultimately not my cup of tea. Uh, the uh, I will say they give you a generous hit uh, hit point bar, you know you can take a lot of hits and they're, and there and one thing this game does is uh, leave room for error if you if you screw up because you can you, the hit point bar is so good now it's one of those bars that'll drain instantly if you do the wrong thing you know I mean it'll, it, you it'll, can get it'll keep going yeah. down I guess so it doesn't just give you one hit and let you you know you take a lot of hits although if you are in a situation where you're just getting generated after you take so much health. The the room will add automatically reset, yeah. which I thought was actually pretty helpful. Because if you fall into like a spike pit or and you've got you're on an enemy and you just can't get off of them for whatever reason, you will teleport to the same place you came into the room. The room will flash red. You'll still lose your hit points, but you'll stop taking damage and you'll get to try it again. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, here is a thing. Here's a something to think about, Aaron. Uh-huh. We are uh, both blessed and cursed with a near infinite number of games at our disposal. Literally, we can play any game uh, from the past along with absolutely tons of brand new games coming out every day. If this was the one game that you had back in the late 80s, you could play this, map everything out. This could be your one game that you play for months and get good at and and, and figure out all the secrets and figure out, uh, you know, what symbol goes with what, what's the best way to get around this room. Yeah. And because of that, because of that, and I certainly think it plays well enough for that, 
And I think uh, uh, the only really absolute downfall of this game is the sound is horrible. That's, that's um, to be expected. <laughs> yeah, but everything it represents the way it should. Yeah. Everything looks pretty it does. well. It's, col- it's, um, it's way more colorful than Boffin, for example. It looks yes, graphically and the this is several different- steps up. Yeah. Absolutely. The um, different rooms, when you go outside, when you're in the dungeon, all that mm-hmm. stuff feels different. Um, though it definitely looks different. So if this was your game, uh, and this w- released on cassette for 12 pounds. So if this was your game, you could definitely get months of enjoyment out of it. And unfortunately... Um, the way our show is put together, uh, where we are looking at this for only one week, we don't get the same uh, joy of discovering a game like this to its fullest potential. But I do want to state, I absolutely see where this game would literally make someone's childhood. I, I, I can see a game like this being right up your alley as a kid, Brent, because this was... Absolutely. This you written, when, I, when you picked this and I started playing it, I'm like, well, this is a Brent game right here. Because you could, this is one you could get into. I remember playing games like, I watched you play games like this back in the, on the NES and stuff. And uh, you, I could absolutely see how you could get into it. Plus, it's, it's you know, some of these games, if they add a lot of like arcade elements, it sort of takes away the fun of the other the role-playing elements or the mapping or whatever. And this one, the arcade elements aren't, hard enough to screw you. You know what I'm saying? And so you can still have fun for, from the... For the most right. part. I yeah. mean, again, well, I mean, they were hard. You, I'm assuming that the people playing this would have a lot, would have a lot better grasp of the controls uh, than, than, you know. And I will say, when we when they, when they we played these on emulation, uh, they did a decent job of remapping the keys to an American-style keyboard because the keys... I looked... When you read the instructions on these both these games and, and you see what the key combinations are, you're like, oh my god, how am I going to hit those keys? Well, and thankfully they they realigned them for you. But uh, this is what game. Like I said, it, since you only had a keyboard, you'd probably be pretty good at using the keyboard. It's funny. I was thinking all the years I had uh, all these different computers, I never really had a computer where I didn't have access to a joystick. That was something that was sort of always there, you know. But there were there are plenty of computers out there where they didn't their joysticks weren't a, you know a big thing. And so, uh, and and this is one of them. So it, you would just get used to that. Overall, not my not my cup of tea, but I could definitely see the appeal. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we did get a couple reviews on this uh, from our buddies. Uh, Frodo writes, uh, one of my favorite games in the BBC. The electronic version runs in a lower resolution with less colors, but it's just as playable yes. as the version for its bigger brother. So much like the game Boffin, this one also had that other release. Uh, or for that... And also, something that needs to be yeah. stated, this is the BBC version on yeah. the video. Uh, the Or for that matter, the two, the 2016 version for the Electron, which is basically the same as the original BBC version. A fast-moving puzzle platformer that is challenging, but never unfair. Unlike the other games, which feature a certain uh, avoid-shaped character on the 8-bit systems of the time. Cutting this short, since I want to go play it some more... Nine and a half out of ten. Uh, a big fan was Frodo. Uh, we also yeah. talked to uh, Mitsuyama, who, uh, who writes, uh, This is a good game. Good use of limited color palette and sound plus responsive controls make this a very playable game. 
This is the kind of game I would have spent ages mapping out and planning my routes when I was a kid. The pick of the week's the the pick of the week's games. Brent should consider becoming a diamond miner because he's digging up some real gems recently. Aaron should stick to farming turkeys. <laughs> Take off mitts, you hoser. <laughs> Give me the business. Uh, what what a bum. So there, there you go, go Brent. A uh, uh, an interesting look at the Palace of Magic. I uh, uh, it to me it was eh, it was okay. I'll take I like the ball and more. But that's just oh me. no now come on you uh, you you have to understand even though this isn't your type of game that the quality of game is superior. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, it's definitely a different. It's a it's a more involved game. We'll go we'll go with that. Uh, speaking of being involved, Brent, I've got no segue as we move into the wheel. There it is. <laughs> There it is, man. So, this week, we had a couple editions. We said uh, goodbye to the Turbo Graphics. We've added the Odyssey 2 as our retro rewind, Brent. And we've added something... Boy, I'd love to hit We've that. added something bizarre. I've never heard of this thing. The NASCOM 1 and 2, Brent. The NASCOM... What is this thing? Any idea? I don't know. Uh, Brent, you want to explain the mystery pieces here? Uh... The three locked pieces are are old shows that have unfortunately had to go by the wayside due to uh, a John taking a new job. The Sinclair, the 1200, and the TRS-80, if spun, will stay on the wheel to be spun again. I think this is the week, You think Aaron. so? I think this, yep, I think it's a little bit of TRS-80 I'm going to spin this sucker. You ready? Let's do it. I don't know why you're dancing. And the winner is the VTEC Socrates. It's the Socrates, finally. There it is, Brent. We've been waiting for that one. Uh, well, I have anyway. Uh, Brent, you faded into the into the background there. There, here you go. Well, that's how that's how sad what I you, am. What do you you got a problem with the so the Socrates, my friend? Uh... Listen. I, I, I'm going to produce a Socrates live on this show. It's going to be awesome. I paid top dollar for that thing. I've been waiting for weeks. Listen, we're never going to roll these locked shows. You can forget about that. <laughs> That's a done deal. How many people in the chat own a, v, a, a, a VTech Socrates? A show of hands. There's got to be, I guarantee you, five to ten people are going to... This is a high seller. High seller all over the world. It's going to be... It's going to be this is... I'm not as excited as I was with the Action Max show, but I'm, I'm somewhere in the same ballpark there. That's for darn sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're getting a, a, a rousing sound of what is that coming out of the chat room. So there, I guess that answers that question. Uh, Brent, any parting thoughts on the on the uh, Electron, and what do you think about the upcoming Socrates? You know, I think I'd, I'd much rather have a BBC uh, Micro over an Electron, yeah. but... Uh, being a budget computer back in the day, I I would have been happy as as a clam to get one of those bad boys. Sounds like that it would have been a great time for gaming. I would take a Socrates over anything, and I've got one. You're insane. I've got one now. So man, I, I may hook it up live on the show. We might play some games. It'd be awesome. Maybe I'll do some Socrates streaming. I'm sure I could pull it off. I can't pull off any streaming. Also, think of it. I'd like to take a moment to say. Uh, Stick around for the new uh, subscriber video. Oh, yes. Or supporter video. 
And with that, Aaron, I think we should go ahead and fire it yeah. up. Yeah, thanks very much, guys. And we will catch you on the flip side. Adios. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the episode. We'd like to say hello to all of our YouTube subscribers, as well as all of our Twitch followers. We want to say a special thank you to Duncan Styles, who does all of our awesome vector graphics, and to BarkBit for writing our incredible closing theme. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at anchor.fm slash ARG presents. Help keep us spinning. Just like these fine folks. John Duckman, Anthony Jarvis, Hermsky, Gary Heather, Graham W. Vetke, Frodo NL, Chris Foles, John Schaller, Mitsuyama, Retro Algae, and Terry Howard. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay too. You can help us by leaving us a positive review on Apple iTunes and Spotify. Have an idea you'd like to add to the wheel? You can contact us at argpresents at mail.com. ARG films live on Twitch every Sunday, 9 a.m. EDT. Hope to see you there. Congratulations, Amigathon 2020, for raising over $5,000 to the Children's Miracle Network. <laughs>